Hey everyone. A little over a year ago, Focus Lab embarked on a rebrand. As a branding agency that's handled hundreds of rebrands for our clients, we had a lot of thoughts. Today in this episode of The Debrief, I'm sitting down with our three partners, co-founders Bill Kenny and Eric Regan, and Chief Growth Officer Will Strawn to talk through the project, the hurdles we faced, as well as how everyone's feeling a year out. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Bill, Eric, Will, welcome to a very special episode of The Debrief. Uh, we got to start off with some congratulations because it has officially been one year since the Focus Lab rebrand has launched. How does that feel? Oh, it's feeling good. It's feeling good for me. It's it's one of those strange um, things in life where it simultaneously feels like forever ago, but, but also feels like that it was like yesterday in a sense. So time has been weird in particular since 2020 or so, but, but just launching this out into the wild and then being all of a sudden 12 months on the other side of it, but also having a hard time remembering what life was like before it is a, it's a really unique feeling, but um, it's just really it's great. Agreed. Feels good. I think it's quite honestly, I, I think it is even surprised me and how well, it has performed, you know, and it kind of feels crazy to say that knowing that this is like what we've done for over a decade for other people. And we preach the power of it and having yeah. experienced it ourselves and being a year removed is like, wow, it really, really does work. You know, like we knew we weren't lying, but now we like really get to feel the effect. So that's cool. Oh, I love that. Um, and we're going to dive into all of that. I'm very excited because this is a real behind the behind the curtain, we like to say. I'm always like behind the scenes, behind the curtain. But we'll start the same way we always do, right? Uh, I want to kind of start with before we even dove into this project, which is what made you decide it was actually time to rebrand Focus Lab? You, you learn a lot, you know, the short story, and then I'll go along as I typically do. But like the short story is like you learn a lot about yourself in at that point, what was 12 to 13 years. So you get to a point where you were most companies. And then we also realized like, Hey, we are different. Now we know a lot more about ourselves. We know where we're trying to go, why we're trying to go there and all these things. But then you look at how you're presenting yourselves to the world and it just doesn't line up. Uh, you never slow down and spend time to kind of like, um, think about yourself and spend time on kind of like reprojecting yourself back to the world. So unfortunately, but fortunately COVID gave us that opportunity. Um, so we were able to kind of slow down and think about that. And, you know, we just, it, it really was time. We absolutely knew it was time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's spot on. We we've, it's, it's a common kind of idea that service providers often don't provide that same service to themselves well, or if they just don't stop to do it. And we were definitely in that boat, having done crazy, exceptional, uh, impactful work for so many clients. And our own brand was no longer reflecting us. Um, it, was, it was just a reality. And, you know, when COVID kind of came around, we... We had some economic impact to our own business, but we 
you know, like a lot of solid businesses chose to look for the opportunity in that. And we just, it was glaringly obvious that we need to invest in ourselves, especially in this, this time where we have an opportunity from a time and capacity perspective. So it was, it was almost a no brainer at, at that point. I think another thing was that we didn't even have a proper brand to begin with. Correct. I think we, we create brands for all of our partners and we see the tools and all of everything that they get when we finish and we get to the finish line. And for us, we actually, we had components, right? We had pieces, right? We had really great core values. We knew what we were, what we loved doing, what we felt we were the best at, but like, and, but in reality, we didn't have a brand from the inside out. We just had little pieces. We had a logo mark. God knows we didn't have a logo type. So if we needed to put the word focus lab anywhere, it was like, what do we do? It was an inconsistent mess. And like on the growth team, creating so much content, we were always kind of like, eh, I guess that'll work. It, you know, you could, the consistency game, there was none. There was no game of consistency, you know? So I think it was like, we were at a great milestone for the business, like you all mentioned, but we also didn't have much to work with. We had a logo mark and we had a color, right? And then some core values that we felt really, really good about. But besides that, we were missing a big portion of the brand, which now being a year removed, it's crazy to think that we, I mean, if, it's, it's nuts to know that we went so long without it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now knowing just the impacts that we've seen in the first 12 months has been like, oh man, it makes me wish we had it for five years or six years. So um, that's the only other thing that I can think of that was like yeah. a huge, like, what do we do? <laughs> I think this is a really perfect example of the cobbler not having any shoes, right? We always put our clients first. We were always so dedicated to the work that we put out in the world that we put ourselves on a shelf and said, we'll get back to it. But I think there is something to be applauded for the fact that you all looked at the challenges in 2020 and saw an opportunity in disguise, right? As opposed to seeing everything happening and just looking at, we were still busy, but maybe not as busy as we had been, seeing that as an opportunity to actually make a change and make an impact within our own organization. I think a lot of people would have been too afraid to do that or have been too concerned with that risk in an already risky moment in history. So I will take a moment to applaud that foresight because I mean, I was excited to hear that we were doing it. Mainly also because damn, I wanted a logo type too. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to be able to put our name somewhere. I think another way to think of, thank you, first of all, thank you, Chi. Um, another way to think about it is when we started the company, and I think like most companies, you're building the plane while you're flying it. You hear that often, right? So you're like, you don't really know maybe even your destination or what type of plane you need. So you're just building the damn thing. You're like, hey, we need to go faster. So you you kind of like duct tape some things to the wings that seem to make you go faster. You're like, whoa, we actually don't need to go faster. Rip those things off. So you kind of like go through that whole phase. By the time you get to this, we know what we're going to do. We're going to rebrand now you have realized the things that you actually are. So you land the crappy plane that has all the duct tape and the glue and stuff. And then you actually build a new plane exactly to spec that you need. You take back off and it's everything you wanted it to be. And that was basically the transition that we went through. Obviously that answers the question about the decision, right? But then there comes the added question of how do you rebrand 
a branding agency. What helped you all make the decision to actually go through? Yeah, it's worth a chuckle. It solidly is. Um, how how did you guys come to the decision to actually go through the focus lab process, right? Because I think a lot of people make the assumption that when a brand agency rebrands, obviously the partners are the ones doing the work, right? They should be the ones at the helm doing all the work, really making sure they're putting everything out there. But you actually chose to sit in the client seat. You chose to sit where all of our clients sit and allow the team to actually put you through the process that we take all of our clients. Talk a bit about that. Uh, what was it like coming to that decision? Yeah, I think we've we've learned how not to do it because we've tried to do it ourselves a few times over the years. Maybe not branding ourselves per se, but we've tried other internal projects where we treat them as uh, sort of side projects within the company and not a project like every client project is. And and what we've learned from doing it wrong multiple times is that it it seldom well for us it never got the attention it deserved. It was always the first thing to get pushed to a back burner, get cut off the priority list if any pressure was introduced in different ways. And we just knew that 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 wasn't going to work. Additionally, as a company and as owners in particular, our philosophy is that we should be hiring people who are better than us at things, not people who we are always expected to um, be better than in their craft. And so it was pretty simple to just look at our team uh, and say, we need them to be doing this stuff. Because if we try to do it ourselves, it'll actually not be as good of a of an end result. And, and then lastly, I, I think that you can't really be inside of a complex system and understand that complex system at the same time. So we needed, we needed to diverge in a sense. As owners, we needed to step out and up in a sense and kind of step away. But we also had to kind of encourage and invite our team to do the same thing, even though they had a uniquely close perspective to the brand and the culture, they also needed the ability to step up and out of the system to do what we do as a brand agency. It just happened to be for us. So by the three of us not being involved in the execution of the work, it, it allowed us the benefit and the team the benefit that ultimately made it really great. And then the biggest commitment we had to make was putting it on our calendar, our team's calendar, just like a client project would be on our calendar. So we've talked about 2020. That's when we started. And, you know, I think it was maybe August, somewhere in there, we started this, but, you know, we didn't launch it until April of 2021. So a year ago, we saw the fruit come to the forefront, like any client would have to wait, trust the process, go through the process. And so we, we just knew that, that we couldn't shortchange that. Uh, and that if we tried to, we would get more of the same that we had in the past, which is kind of a lackluster uh, end result for ourselves. Yeah, I think trusting in the process is key. I mean, that's something we tell all of our clients, but I think it speaks volumes that we trusted enough to go and put our names and our new brand I mean, I say new brand, our true brand, right? This is the first time we actually had a full brand uh, out into the wild. So, yeah, I kind of want to switch gears and hop into the actual project itself now. So I always got to ask, you know, what was the most surprising aspect of the project, especially being owners of a brand agency? So I think uh, for me, it was surprising how well we stuck to the process, knowing that 
we know how it works. We know what to expect. And we could have easily jumped in and tried to change things around. But I think that it was so surprising to see how equally committed everyone was to saying, no, this works for our clients. We're going to do it. So as far as we're like Bill and Eric and I, we weren't, the Slack channels were private. So the team had their own places to communicate. We would go the entire week without seeing work, but we would see it in the same way our clients get it with a video deliverable and a PDF. And we would be responsible for giving feedback. So I was surprised how committed we were because it's really easy to want to break it, especially because we know everything. But I that was surprising, but because I, I was like, oh man, are we gonna, what day are we gonna break it? When are we gonna break it? And maybe the other thing that surprised me was we fell into the same scenarios that a lot of our clients fall into, where we're like, man, we really wanna brand mark, right? There was many rounds where we were gonna be logotype only, we were approved. And then it got to the point where we're like, oh man, I think there's something missing. I think there's something missing, which we see that happen to our clients all the time. And we're like, oh no, it won't. It, not going to happen to us. We made our decision. It's all strategy as we're, we're all aligned in all these things, but we kind of, we got to a point where we're like, oh, we feel like something is missing. It was funny for that to happen to us because it happens so often with a lot of our clients. So we know how to walk them through that to see that like, wow, I'm, I'm maybe even more empathetic to our clients now when that happens because it happened to us. And the great thing was we rallied through that moment the same way we would direct our clients in the moment. Our project team directed us as project leads and we got through it. And I thought that was probably the other, like actually surprising thing to be like, oh yeah, we can be, we can be challenging clients as well. Okay, cool. I think that definitely speaks volumes to the team. I mean, obviously I had some insights, right? I saw this go down, but I think the team should definitely be applauded for keeping y'all in line. Let's be real. Like you did great not peaking, but they also were not going to not hold your feet to the fire. And I think that that says a lot about the culture at this company, right? I don't know if a lot of people would feel comfortable keeping founding partners, all partners. I mean, their bosses in line every week, making sure, did you do your homework? Did you give proper feedback? Remember what's due next week? If we don't hit these milestones, we're not going to hit the launch date. I mean, I think that that speaks a lot to the trust of the process and the trust in one another here. And the fact that we all knew that if we were gonna get the best results possible, we really kind of had to go into this together as a group for the good of the company, right? And I think that a lot of that, you could see in the way the team kind of heralded that. And I mean, yeah, you guys were good clients, like you were difficult, but oh, yeah. nobody I mean, we, so we knew when like we were late fine. on feedback. Like there was never, well, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we knew when we were late on homework around something, which was, I mean, that's, that was part of the beauty where it was like our project managers literally treated us as if we were any other client mm -hmm. and that we were not business owners of the business that they work at. So, yeah. you know, that is probably why it worked so well. And I think that's why I was so surprised that we were never like, oh, just give us another week. It's fine. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on. But no, they were like, no, if you do that, there's going to be delays. Like they ran, it was like they hit all the talking points and everything that we coach our clients through. So it was, it was really nice and refreshing. I want to dive into that point a bit more. You mentioned being able to empathize more with clients now. Like, let's talk about that. Bill, I'd love to kind of in particular hear from you as a designer. How do you empathize with clients now 
more, do you feel like there's a shift now that you've gone through this process, especially as CEO and at a pivotal point in this company? Do you see things through a different lens now? Well, it definitely illuminated things that we already knew to be true. So there was no, there was no like grand awakening going through the process ourselves, but there was, there were these small kind of like, oh, I understand how it can be challenging to turn around feedback seemingly so fast, right? You get a deliverable on a Friday, you get to turn around by that Monday or Tuesday. So that requires me, Eric and Will to get together, to look at it, to talk about it, form our opinions and send it back. That's three people, right? Some of our clients have to, 2000 person organizations, they're not going to vet it through 2000 people, but they definitely got to move it around a little bit and, and organize busy calendars and stuff. So it added more empathy and kind of like, from what I saw of like, wow, this is, it can be challenging. There is a natural tension there though, where it's like the challenge, there's more pros than cons to it, right? So it wasn't like, oh, this is too tight of a turnaround. So we're going to add extra week between every deliverable because then everybody's timeline double. So like, you know, there wasn't grand shifts to our process, but it was just like, oh, okay. A little bit extra empathy when people are saying like, hey, I'm really trying to get this scheduled to get some feedback to you, but it's quite challenging. Now we can even save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it is challenging. And, and quite honestly, to empathize even into that, like, do I need a logo? Don't I need a logo thing? Uh, as a designer, you know, I became that client on our side and, and I'm okay with that. Like, I don't, I don't feel guilty about it, but I'm able to empathize more understanding the position that I was in where I was like, Oh God, I really, I think we need a logo and I'm really particular about the logo. And it's probably the thing that we got caught up the most on. And I'm like, I guess that makes sense. I can empathize. It's like generally where all of our clients get caught up as well. So yeah, it just, it kind of highlighted the things that we already knew to be true, but it's just different when you experience it yourself. You, you have that extra layer of empathy because of that. Yeah. Plus, we know you love the focus up, Mark. You're wearing it right now on your hat. I'm wearing so. it. Correct. Yes. We know. We know there's it's deep a love for it. It's a beaut. It is a beaut. Um, I also think to kind of speak to your point more about empathizing at what it could have meant to the process, I think it just allowed us to be even more cognizant of how how much pressure our clients can feel when they go through this process, right? We have always understood and honored the fact that it's an incredible investment in time, energy, money, all the things for people to go through this process. But I think when you're in it too, you get a greater understanding into that. And I think we built a process that also allows us as an agency to, to support them through it, right? We take all of the logistics off of their plate and guide them through it so they can focus on the big decisions so that they can spend the time doing all of that as opposed to kind of also wondering about all these other factors that go into kind of managing a project. And I feel like that also came out of us going through it, just being even more aware of that. Let's talk about the strategic decision to position Focus Lab as a B2B brand agency. It's a topic of conversation. People ask us about it a lot. And I think people ask us because they're almost fearful of doing something similar, right? What was the benefit for you? Why do you think that it was so important that we make that decision? So uh, this was probably one of the most important decisions we made in the entire branding project. So when we were going through brand strategy, we knew in order to to win and when often we needed to be very crystal clear about our position in the market um, because we would build so much of the rest of the brand to support that. 
So during brand strategy, we took a full look at Focus Lab from the inside out. And if we looked at Focus Lab five years ago, we realized at that point we consider ourselves a full service creative agency and so much of our content and marketing and processes were built around that. Then we made the decision a couple of years after that, that, you know, we think we should be a branding agency. So the competitive landscape shrunk, right? But in the grand scheme of things, there's still a ton of brand agencies out in the world. And we know from a positioning perspective, if you can be the number one or number two brand in that category, you win so much more often. And we took a hard look at our portfolio. We looked, took a hard look at like what we felt like we were really good at and most, some of our most successful projects. And they all tended to be B2B tech. And those are some of our favorite clients, right? You know, so we decided what if we went down one more rung and we were not just a brand agency, what if we positioned ourselves as a B2B brand agency? And it was kind of one of those things when we looked at it, what on paper would probably seem like a really tough decision to make. We were all pretty much like, yep, yep, yes, let's do that. Um, and I think now we're seeing the fruits of that labor and of maybe that what on paper would look like a hard decision. Because in theory, we do less now than we've ever done, but we're succeeding more, right? Um, so I think by making that decision to be a B2B brand agency from a positioning perspective, it was fantastic. But yeah, in the moment, it could be scary. Um, there was a lot of fears. We talked about all of them. But um, I think why a lot of people and people that we talk to have the fear of refining down is they're afraid they're going to lose all that other stuff. And they have that fear of saying no to things. But I don't know. Being on the other side now, I'm just like, oh, I can't imagine not making that decision. And I'm really glad that brand strategy pushed us to that, you know, and they didn't just say, Hey, we think you should do this. they looked, they evaluated our brand, where we came from. They looked at our target audiences, the people that we've been successful with. And they took a hard look at the landscape and said, listen, there's a ton of brand agencies out there. We feel like we're one of the best. We feel like we're really good, but if we can go down one more level, there's an even more compelling reason to believe that we could be number one or we couldn't be number two. It feels a lot more achievable. So I think that was probably the driver of that decision. And now we're, we're seeing it come to life and it's, it's really nice. I'm, I'm happy we did it. In a way we say no to a larger audience, right? But it opens us up to say yes to a whole host of people who we resonate so deeply with. And the work has reached, I think, a new level because of it. Right. I think it's a big difference between good and exceptional. We are an incredibly talented enough team that we can produce good work. I want to say any day of the week, but that's not what we strive to do here. We're looking for exceptional on a daily basis. And I think the positioning was a part of that was like unlocking that door to really give us the tools we need to kind of really hit exceptional more often than not. And I know we've built a lot around that whole ethos and we build a process also around the fact though, that we assume we're going to learn a lot from our clients during this process. And we also assume that we're never just going to hit the nail on the head right out the gate, right? That's just not how things are. A lot of like our process is built to be worked through, not under the assumption that everything goes off without a hitch. Um, and on that note, 
I really want to dig into, were there any kind of challenging aspects to this project for you all? Like, was there anything that you felt was actually like a moment that it felt difficult to work through or maybe even just harder than you expected? Um, first, I'm going to start with the, the crazy answer, which is I actually don't think there were a lot of big challenges for us. So that sounds like there was no problems. That's not true. But like I said before, we already knew the plane we wanted to build by the time we had started this because we had taken so long for better or for worse. We had taken so long to get to the point. It was pretty clear what we were going to build. If that were not true, if we were only two or three years, and I think it would have been really, really hard for us to make decisions like B2B, like Will just spoke about, or, or, or any of the decisions we made, quite honestly, because we would have still been shooting in the dark somewhat. Strategy would have certainly informed that, but we wouldn't have been maybe so confident in that decision making. So because of that, I think the challenges were, were minimal. But those challenges were still the, I'll just speak for myself, I think I really wanted design to be something special. Will mentioned this earlier on, like we never had a proper toolbox of designed brand elements. We literally had a single color and a logo and that was kind of it. So it left us with this really bland, um, not boring. I think it, you know, it came off as clean, um, which works. Uh, but yeah, we didn't really have much tools to express ourselves properly. Not to mention, like, let's not even talk about like the comm side. Like we, we certainly didn't have any comms because we didn't even have that service when those things were even built. So, but coming back to the, what's the most challenging, surprisingly not as challenging as maybe what we see our, our clients go through because of also because of the alignment of us as partners too, right? There's, there's three partners, but we're really in line with each other on, on like literally nearly every single subject. So that also makes it easier. So yeah, I think the challenges maybe were more surface level, right? They're very surface level things. Like, do we like this? Don't we like that? Do we have time to meet this week? Oh, geez, that's going to be tough to kind of like turn that feedback around by that point. I definitely had a challenge that was not project related, but I would call it more personal challenge. And it's right in line with something we try to warn clients about in a lot of circumstances. You know, we, we get these weekly deliverables as the client. We get presented with the, the story behind the strategy, the data behind the strategy, all of these things that lead up to visual things that are supported by strategy, driven by strategy, but they're still visual. And we're excited. We get stoked about this stuff. And then we we'll go show it to somebody like a, a spouse oh. and like, oh, I'm excited. Let me show you. And they're like, uh, I mean, I like the other one better or I don't get it. Like those those little moments. And I was I was just excited. I just wanted to share some excitement. And then I was met with, you know, an understandable uh, reaction because they didn't understand the context behind the visuals. They didn't know the strategy. They didn't know the, the meaning and also how it would actually be received and play out in a marketplace. So all they had to go on was like just personal preference, which is really not helpful in these projects, but I was just excited. So that was probably my biggest challenge was like understanding the role that, that, uh, those around me not are part of the project play, which is really no role at all, and being okay with that. Uh, and then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stay excited with Bill. I'm going to stay excited with Will and the team that's doing the project, and I'm not going to bother other people with it, and I'm not going to expect them to be as excited as me if I do bother them with it. So not a project challenge at all, um, but I definitely experienced that and 
quickly realized, oh gosh, you know, our clients go through this too. And we even warn them pretty often and early to say like, hey, just, you know, this is what you could expect if you try to get feedback from people not in the project. And in many cases, we tell them to just not try to get feedback from people not in the project. So experiencing that firsthand was was a, a tough pill to swallow, but really nice reminder uh, in general. It's you breaking cardinal rules right out the bat. But you know what? It's a safe space to make mistakes. You can That's do right. that. I, I just want to come back and talk about one more, like more acute. It was challenging for me, pretty close to what Eric was saying. It was challenging for me um, to, to separate my personal desires and likes. So very subjective to the needs of the business. And even though I know that that is necessary, it's still really hard to do. It's really hard to say, I'm looking at this thing. I need to make sure I'm looking through this lens. Is this right for the business? Is this right for the customer? Is this how we should be presented? Or do I like this thing? And sometimes those things overlap for an easy win. Sometimes they don't overlap and you're trying to pull them apart and separate the two. Uh, that was challenging as a designer, again, specifically to think about the design specifically and try to decouple those things every single week is uh, is kind of like a monumental task. Um, so again, on the empathy, like I'm able to empathize more of like, even when we tell clients to do that and that it's necessary, that's a lot easier said than done. I also think there's an added layer to that. As a founder, you're even more intertwined, right? This is something you built. This is something you created. So there's that added layer of there's the human preference, this emotional aspect of the fact that this is something you have labored over for now 13 years and also making sure to kind of Pair that with that future facing plan, right? Like that's a lot to navigate. And that's a lot for anyone to navigate, right? Like in any moment, we're all people. It's not, you can't ever fully remove the human aspect of this project because that's an integral part of brand, right? Like we are not wholly logical beings. We're not wholly emotional beings. This is a process that integrates both pretty intensely. So it makes sense to have those struggles during it. And I think it's important to highlight that it does not derail the project. You just need to have a conversation around it. You have need to have a level of self-awareness, bring it to your project team, talk about it, know where you're coming from. In a sense, it's almost being vulnerable, right? Understanding like these are where I'm at. But I think people worry that if they have those conflicting emotions that therefore the project is doomed or the work is not right or it's not synergizing on every level therefore it must not be right but in truth there's always going to be a natural tension there between all of those different aspects right and i think a good team navigates you through that and pulls out the stuff that is going to really impact the brand for the better um so I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, maybe don't know how to articulate. I think One, sometimes they think they're the outlier too. Like they right. think that they're the oddball. And it's like, no, no, actually everybody has this problem, myself included. Yeah. <laughs> One other challenge I'm remembering now as we're like talking through it was when we were starting to apply the brand to our website, specifically our homepage, we had always talked about ourselves in a very specific way on our homepage flow. And I will say when we rolled this new brand out, 
our website was probably more different on the front, on the homepage than it had ever been before. Um, we went from talking about ourselves a lot to painting um, kind of a picture that of our clients' lives. Uh, so I think that was also one kind of challenging point in the project because we had to really push ourselves to think about our mess, our messaging very differently because it's very easy to say we are a brand agency and we do X, Y, Z, which is the typical flow for like an agency homepage. But I remember we went back and forth and back and forth and we kept turning and turning. So I think that was one of the challenge challenges that I now am remembering was trying to think differently of how agencies can communicate what they do because we took our homepage flow and we took our top tier messaging and we flipped the script on it. Where instead of saying what we do, instead we started trying to paint the picture of what we can create for our clients. Um, and now it's like, oh man, I can't imagine if we didn't do that. But I remember that was a, we went back and forth a lot on that one, even just trying to figure out what our like headline was on the homepage. It changed a lot. And I mean, like a lot, a lot, uh, but I'm so happy with where it landed. But oof, I remember us having those meetings being like, what can we do differently? Is this, is this right? Is this not right? Because it was such a departure from anything that we'd ever done before, but it feels really good now. I love it. It's like putting together a resume. Like you can't just spend the whole time talking about yourself. You need to talk about what you're going to do for the person who's looking to hire you, right? At the end of the day, you're like, what value am I actually bringing to the table? Because you could be stellar on all fronts, but what does that mean to me, the person hiring? What are you actually going to do to help me? I am here because I'm experiencing a challenge or a struggle, or I have a goal I need to reach. Like it can't just be a whole discussion about you, right? But more about what can we achieve together? And I think I remember that it was a struggle. It hurt. I think, I think that was, for me, that was a part of the project that I was involved in. And I, I remember, I think I woke up once or twice the night and I was like, is that right? Does that make sense? But I'm also, I have weird work dreams. So that's not super out of the realm of normalcy. Um, switching gears. We talked about challenges what was the most rewarding part for the project? And I actually think I'd love to hear from all three of you on this one too. Like what, um, cause I have a feeling you'll each have a different take on this, but what was most rewarding? Yeah, I'll start there. I, I have a, a pretty quick answer. Uh, and I think it's just related to the role I tend to serve here anyways, which is um, very inward focused, very people focused. The most rewarding thing for me was being able to just not only watch the team, do their thing, but experience the team doing their thing. So like simple examples would be actually receiving deliverables from Haley on the brand strategy side and reading through the research and the thought process and the recommendations. I was just like, Oh, this is, this is good. And I knew it was good from watching and reading these deliverables for clients in the past. And you always know it's good because clients are responding weekly and talking about, man, it's so good. I look forward to Friday deliverables 
we've had multiple clients compare it to Christmas every Friday saying like they just can't wait to unwrap the deliverable. Well, then I, I got Christmas every Friday for a little while. I was that client. Uh, it was, it was really great to see that on the strategy side. We, we got to see the same thing through design, um, just seeing things from Joshua and from Chase and getting, uh, excited about typography for us, not just typography that looks good for a client. Um, experiencing someone uh, like Devin doing project management and and not just succumbing to or, or allowing us to just walk over the project, but to say, actually, let's reel this thing in. We actually need to focus on this thing or this timeline right now and, and do it in a way that isn't um, overbearing or um, even kind of uh, submissive, but just as like a guide. And just seeing that, experiencing the team do that, Moving further into, you know, the interactive stuff, Will, you started to talk about those headlines. I actually can also remember, like, when we found the headline, I feel like it was something that maybe Shubnam pushed out, and I read it, and it's one of those moments where you just sit back and go, yes, that. And, and you know, we were working through how do we communicate these things, whether it's about us or about the client on the other side, and not just maybe what they're trying to achieve, but what they're trying to become. And so there were just multiple moments within each discipline of our services where I got to just see those people shine. And so um, I just really loved that aspect of the project and of, of the way we committed to being the client through it, not integrated into the project team, but genuinely being separated and receiving things as clients. Um, we got the chance to just watch our killer team do a killer job. So uh, that's that's definitely where, where I go on, on that. I think the rewarding parts were getting over those big humps on those big pieces, right? On those big milestones. Because we get to see our clients experience it all the time and we get a little bit of that reward, right? When they get those wins. But it, it felt different being us and it being for our brand. So, you know, I same thing like Bill or like Eric mentioned, when Shubnam finally got that one H1 that we've been just agonizing over, we were all just like, mic drop, that's it. She crushed it. That's it. But I mean, it took going back and back and forth and being and just they would take our feedback and they would iterate and they would come back and they never kind of gave up. When we hit those challenging aspects of the brand, there was a few other components of that. I think visual language was one thing we pushed on a good bit. Um, the logo mark was one thing that we really pushed on a good bit. So the rewarding moments was just like, it wasn't the easy yeses. Like there were some things that came to life for the brand really easy. We're like, oh yeah, that's great. Perfect. Approved. Next. I think the most rewarding parts were those things that we really like challenged ourselves on knowing that we could make something a little bit different, maybe a little bit better when we got to the finish line on those aspects. That was uh, amazing. And then obviously rolling it out. I think launching was a huge success because we picked a date a really long time out and our historic track record of saying we're going to do something by a certain date has historically been pretty challenging to achieve. So knowing that we picked a launch date like eight months in advance and we hit that dang launch date, like we launched that date was awesome. And that felt really good to kind of be like, huh, we did that. We, we literally 
did all of this amazing, challenging, rewarding work, and we actually hit our dang timeline. Holy cow, that felt really, really good. That's probably it for me. I think, yes, rewarding. Like, we set out a plan and we did it. So that's always rewarding. Like, um, so, so that was nice. I think also rewarding seeing kind of the fruits of the labor. We know it, it is working success. Like that proves that we can make good decisions and we are making good decisions. So that feels rewarding. Um, it was rewarding to see the team bought in into this idea that we were going to rebrand. They were a part of it and we were all doing this together. So that's, that's always rewarding for us because it's the type of company that we want to build and enjoy being a part of. And I would kind of, I would come back to that comms work again, specifically like for me, having done design for so long, I, I see things through a design lens, which means I often don't think critically about words until lately as that's become a big part of what we do and what is important. And even kind of like a late reader, quite honestly, like I didn't even really read books until like five years ago or so. So like words were just never a big part of my world, if you will. So it was really rewarding to see how powerful the comms work, the language and how we positioned ourselves, how we talked about ourselves and how we reframed the story on our homepage from this is who we are. And this is like why we're awesome to the these are the things you're experiencing, client. And here's how we can help you was really rewarding to me. That's when it started to feel like, oh, God, this is such a fresh take. And this is exactly where we should be going. And I remember that kind of like pivotal moment too. I think that was, that was Shubnam and Edoya. Just, there was a moment there where they also recognized like, we're going to do a full pivot, this language and, and how we're kind of like talking, we're actually going to do it completely differently. We know it's a little bit late in the game, but bear with us. We're going to spit something back at you. And they were totally feeling it. We were feeling it. And that was such a, a rewarding moment in the project besides me finally saying, I really like that logo. I'll finally get out of the way on the damn logo exercise. <laughs> well, I mean, design is a form of communication and expression. So I think that resonance that we all felt was when the visuals and the verbal components communicated on the same wavelength for the first time in, at that point, 12 years. And I think that's a big thing. Like now everything, like we had all these thoughts and dreams and visions. And for the first time, what we were saying verbally matched with what we were visually putting out there. And I think in an incredibly difficult year globally, I mean, that gave such an incredible energy boost to everyone here. Cause it was like, we finally had a moment where we were like, oh, I know who we are. Feels pretty good. Kind of like that. Now let's talk about it. And I feel like that's a real good pivot to this last little bit of time that I want to spend talking about this past year. April came in 2021. The brand has been out now for 12 months. What impacts have you felt? A lot. <laughs> we felt a lot of impacts. I think probably more than we would have ever expected, to be completely honest. Now that the brand has been out for a year, some of the things that we've experienced in those 12 months, um, we, from, from a growth perspective, so you and I, we head up our growth department in terms of the leads and the knowledge that our leads come to the table with, even before we have our first engagement with them is higher. Um, and we're getting a, 
better quality lead because I think of our brand and the way it's positioned. But then on the like the tangible growth things, we've experienced a tremendous amount of team growth, probably more than we've ever experienced in such amount of time. I think the team grew by f- oh, just a little over 50%. It's a lot of growth for Focus Lab. You know, um, we've grown, we've had years of growth, but headcount growth was never like our number one most important goal. But the brand generated so much demand that we were able to generate headcount growth. So that was a huge one, but also just the, it, everything just feels like it's playing in unison from the way that we talk on sales calls to the way that people engage with our content, to the culture that we've built internally. It feels like everything is rowing in the same direction and it makes sense where before people would understand focus lab is this internally, but maybe the sales and marketing team would understand it. Focus lab is this and speak about us in this way. We would be making a bunch of different content for varying targeted audiences. It's just the brand has just narrowed our focus on how we operate that we all prosper because of it. Um, and the business is thriving. I mean, 2021 was our best year ever, you know, and 2022 is already off to, being another best year ever. And I think it's very easy for me to say that the brand is a component of that. Um, Cause I don't feel like we would be in the position that we are without it. So. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, we had a growth and I can't tell you how many calls I get on with people being like, I read the copy on your homepage and I was just like, yep, that's me. Oh, I have that problem. Oh, crap. I really need to get this solved. Like I have literally had people read our homepage copy back to us, which is amazing. I tend to get real giddy on those calls and I'm like, we worked real hard on that. Feels real good. So glad you like it. But I think that's, it's exciting to see how much it resonates internally and externally. And on that kind of internal question, do you think the rebrand has had a real impact on our internal culture? Yes, yes, yes. Because of all the points that Will just said, which is you need everything rowing in the same direction, you need that unified kind of vision and clarity and the brand delivers that. You can talk about who you are all day in certain meetings internally, but then the website's saying something differently. And then maybe there's just internal confusion in between. There's like a lot of gray. And I think one of the funny examples I often share is like the first time we ever said like, hey, we're gonna be a brand agency. One of the team members raised their hands and said, aren't we already that? And it was like such a an awesome indicator of like, See, there's the problem. Some people think we are, some people don't know. And then we're here saying we're going to become it. So like bringing all of that together, right? Like now getting beyond like visuals and all that, like what are we trying to do here? This new brand, what is the vision of the company? That can only help internal culture. It cannot hurt it. It can only help it. Because now, like in interviews when I'm talking to people this week, last week that are interviewing for jobs here, They know exactly what they're joining. They know why they're joining it. They know where we're going. And they're actually, quite honestly, joining because of that. They're saying, hey, I love B2B tech. It's a world that I thrive in. Hey, I love your core values. I love that you're brand only. I want to work at a brand place. 
we couldn't benefit from that before. We we could, but in a haphazard way. Like, hey, we think you do a lot of branding. We'd like to join that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So they would, they would, you know, find their way to us in that regard. New team members, that is. But now it's so clear. Now, also, I love it. Even as just a CEO, when people are like, "What do you do? Why do you do it?" I know exactly what I'm going to say. Right? It's not like, oh, well, you know, we, we do design and we do some web, and yeah, we do. We have we have developers, and development's great, and you know, and oh, and by the way, like you know, we've got this like SaaS tool that we're kind of like spinning. Like that story is not really all that enticing, quite honestly. <laughs> right? That's a confusing story for me to even try to figure out. Like, how do I prioritize parts of the story? The story is so clear now that that just helps the culture. Like I said, I can't not help the culture. Everybody knows what we're doing and why we're doing it. It's easier to buy in. It's easier for us to all hold the flag together and march in the same direction. So it's been a huge win in that regard. The company culture, I would just stop for a minute and say, like, we've always been really good at the people factor, right? This new brand hasn't made our the DNA of caring about people first different. That has always been the same. But it is now married that with, I guess, the other components of the business to say, okay, we're all here because we love serving people and doing this craft, but this is where we're going to go with it. And this is kind of how it all fits together. Now we're all really clear on that. Yeah, I also think it's always been a part of our DNA, but I even think like we updated our core values. I think they speak more now to that DNA than they ever did before and more towards our future and where we're going. And I think that that has allowed being a member of the team has really allowed us to kind of rally around specific things or really just almost feel even more grounded in our work here. People want to love where they work, right? It's a huge part of our lives. You don't just want to get up, clock in and leave. You can, many of us have, but if there's something else to kind of rally around, it just adds that extra layer to the work, right? And I think that like even just having new core core values as a part of a lot of this project um, was huge on a variety of different levels. So we're almost done for today, but before we wrap this party, I wanna ask each of you to give a piece of advice to teams, individuals who are looking to kind of go on this journey to start either if they're rebranding or they're branding a brand new company, what's some sage wisdom you want to share? Yeah, I want to start because it's pretty simple and it's actually not anything that you won't hear if you end up talking to Focus Lab at some point anyways, but this would probably apply to other excellent agencies, not just a Focus Lab thing. We say it all the time, trust the process. This kind of stuff is big. It goes deep and it takes time. And it can be really easy to uh, start to wonder if we're wandering and that we're not actually like working towards something very specific. And we tell our clients over and over, trust the process, trust the process. And I would say for us, I had the opportunity to experience the need to be reminded to trust the process uh, because sometimes we just get in our own way, overthinking certain things or losing sight of the amount of time we still have to work it through and work it out and that we are in the right hands. In our case, we were in our own hands in a sense, but, but as a client, when you're in good hands, you can trust the process, even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable. 
you can trust the process. So that's that's the biggest thing for me. Um, if you're working with somebody who's got a proven uh, track record and process, then it's really worthwhile trusting that process. Uh, Eric's absolutely right. So I, I'll just bridge off of that because I think that probably is the most important thing. Um, the process saves you from all the other things, which is, oh, I'm nervous right now. I don't know what to do. Or, you know, it's kind of like it gives you the guardrails where you can take that emotional layer a little bit outside of that and let the process kind of like guide you. I would also just say the rebrand, the brand process is quite a journey and just expect it to be a journey, right? Like go on the journey. Don't expect it to be anything other than a lot of unexpected even besides the process, the process there and then becomes the guide so that you have some type of expectation, but there are going to be weeks where you're like, Oh no, I don't know if we made the bad, the right decision. Oh God, we've kind of like, we're, we're going here. I think we should be going there. You're going to have all of those concerns. And that's where the process comes into play. And just this idea that it's going to be a journey it was never meant to be easy. It's the obstacle is the way it's, it's all of those things. You'll get to the end. You will finally have gotten to the top of Mount Everest but it would have been a hell of a climb and you would have been freezing and scared and nervous along the way, but there is a top and you get there. And I think that's a big part really without pitching ourselves here. That's like, that's part of what we offer alongside the craft is the, the Sherpa effect, right? Like being the guide. So yep. Go on the journey, live in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's what I'll add. Cause I mean, you, you two have just crushed it. So there's not much more to me at here, except just enjoy it. You know, if if you do it right, you might not have to redo it or touch it for a long time. So don't be afraid to air your fears, but also air the things that you love. But just enjoy the process while you're in it, because then you're going to be one year out of it like we are now. And I had a blast. You know, that's the thing. It's like I remember going there and I was like, man, we may never do this again. And I was kind of like, so I was like, I want to have fun no matter what, even though if we are having those hard conversations being like, I don't think we're there yet. I don't know why we're not there. And, but the team will talk you through it, but I'm really glad I enjoyed it. And I gave myself the time to enjoy it because we live such fast paced lives going from meeting to meeting to meeting to, oh my gosh, I got to get my feedback together that I am glad that I kind of took a breather along the way and really just kind of like, it's like, man, this is great. I'm so happy we did it. And for the people that haven't got there yet, you got a lot to gain. Then you have way more to gain than you have to lose to by popping the hood on your brand. Like, so for the people that haven't decided, which there's a lot more of them than the people that have decided, there is green pastures, green fields on the other side. And even us being partners in a branding agency, I am still shocked at the level of return that we've gotten in our first 12 months. And uh, the thing that we know, you only, it only gets better with consistency the more you practice, you know, with the tools that we've gotten over time. So I'm excited for 24 months or 36 months after rebrand because I'm excited to see what comes next. But uh, I'm really freaking proud and stoked that we did it. So that's probably my only piece of advice. What a way to end. Thank you so much for today. I think people are really going to enjoy hearing about what it was actually like to kind of go through this process. Um, but thank you. 
I am excited for 24 months, 36 months. And I'm also excited to possibly trademark the Sherpa effect. I feel like that should be, that's the hidden focus lab tagline right there. Hmm. See you guys later. See ya. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, G. Thanks, G. Thanks for joining us today. You can get even more behind the scenes looks, visuals, and kind of everything that didn't make the cut regarding our rebrand on our website at focuslab.agency forward slash FL rebrand when you sign up for our newsletter. If you enjoyed today's debrief, please like and subscribe because you know that helps. And of course, always follow us on social at focuslab LLC. Thanks so much. See you guys out there. 